Michael Ray. No. Sign of the Times. Definitely not. The Batman soundtrack. Oh, Star Wars is it? Uh, no. Same coming. I like it. Ah. Sade. Hello, and welcome to Goat or Go, the comprehensive and very opinionated podcast about the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. I'm your host, Wendy K. Welcome back, dear listeners. If you are new to this podcast, hello, dear listeners and music lovers alike. And today we're taking a look at number 499 on the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. If you have not read this article, I highly suggest that you follow along with me to educate yourself and also to understand the various albums that we're going to be covering on this list. Yes, various albums, because we're not just going to be covering the one that's listed on the 2020 article. Oh no, if you're new to this podcast, we are going to be covering all three Rolling Stone greatest albums of all time lists. So whatever was in spot 499, we're going to be talking about it today. So, today's podcast is going to be talking about Rufus and Shaka Khan's album Ask Rufus from 1977, B.B. King's Live in Cook County Jail from 1971, and we're going to be talking about Born Under a Bad Sign by Albert King from 1967. So, let's dive right into it. Normally, I am just going to only refer to the 2020 uh, Rolling Stone article when it comes to talking about the albums, because I really like uh, reading their little synopsis about why in the year of our Lord 2020 and the year that I'm recording this, what their reason was for picking this particular album. So for 2020, they picked Rufus Shaka Khan's album, Ask Rufus. So Here's what they had to say. Fronted by Shaka Khan, one of soul music's most combustible singers, Rufus built its mid-70s sound on heavy-footed, guitar-slathering funk. But after spending 16 months in the studio working on Ask Rufus, they came out with a record that gave their songs more room to breathe, anticipating the litany of loose arrangements of 90s neon soul. Khan glided through the head-nodding, everlasting love and the twisty-turny better days, and fans appreciated the adjustment. Ask Rufus was the group's first platinum record. So what's interesting about Ask Rufus is it is the only album that's listed on the 20 list. It's not in 2012 nor in 2003. There's no Rufus or Shaka Khan on either list previously, nor is there another album for the 2020 list. So I feel very limited when it comes to talking about Rufus and Shaka Khan because this is actually, this is my first experience with Rufus as a band. I don't know anything really about them. The only reason I know about Shaka Khan is because of the song I Feel For You and they repeat her name over a thousand times in that song it feels like. It's a very remixy, dance-heavy song. I don't know any of the lyrics to it other than Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. <laughs> but this album, Ask Rufus, is a great introduction to both Rufus and Shaka Khan, I think, for me. It is a very short and sweet album, which I greatly appreciate. 
I'm also kind of unfamiliar with funk as a music genre itself, so this was a great little thing to get into. There's a lot of elements that are on this album that I think is really interesting and I would love a deeper dive on. One of the first things that stand out to me is the strings on... At first I thought this song was called Heavenly Keeper, but that is not what the song is called. It is actually called... I believe the song is called Close the Door. It's not the first song of the album, it's the second. So the strings on Close the Door are really interesting, and they add this very nice kind of dreaminess to the song that I think kind of sets the tone for the rest of the album. Um, Everlasting Love sounds like a really great slow dance song. This whole album I can see like people dancing to, but this song, Everlasting Love, is just, it's so nice and slow and sweet, and the shooting star chimes, as I like to think of them, are a really nice touch in the song to add this sort of, like, lovely, also dreamy-like quality, but but just, like, making it a really nice kind of piece to this really lovely song. The songs don't necessarily flow from one to another, and that's okay. I'm sure they were just wanting to really try to get this album out. <laughs> 16 months is a really, really, really long time to be recording an album. Um, I have yet to work on any sort of project that is 16 months long. So uh, I can only imagine the kind of frustration and the kind of patience one needs to have when recording an album such as this. The song Magic in Your Eyes is a really fun song. Um, especially Shaka Khan's Ah! <laughs> I'm doing a really bad Ah, but that Ah the way she's singing gave me so much life that I was like, yes, Shaka Khan. <laughs> um, it really showed off her vocals really well, and so it made me want to listen to more Shaka Khan. I don't know anything about her other than I feel for you. So this is a great way to find out that she she sings, and she has a great voice. The album ends with some very scary strings that come out of nowhere. Don't really understand why they include these strings, and I'm not sure what kind of tone they were going for necessarily, but it kind of makes the album end on a weird note, in my opinion. But like I said, this album is really short and sweet. It's under an hour long. It's a fun little ditty. And I'm I'm thankful it exists. Would I say that this album is the greatest of all time? Um, I wouldn't say so. Just because I kind of wish that this album was a little bit longer, since I don't know a whole much, um, a whole bunch about Rufus and funk in general. I feel like since this is my first real introduction to funk music, maybe I'll have a better appreciation for this album later as we keep going through this series. But so far, it's it's okay. I can definitely put this on a Spotify playlist and have fun listening to other funk and funkadelic sounds to it. I don't hate this album by any stretch of the imagination. I just kind of wish that maybe there was more to it. But it was an easy listen, and I feel like I could revisit it, definitely. But we're not done here. We have two more albums to talk about. So, next album I want to discuss 
And that was also in 499. On the 2012 list was B.B. King's Live in Cook County Jail from 1971. So, I can't say I have somewhat of a relationship with B.B. King. I have heard of B.B. King before because he was on the song called When Love Came to Town by U2, which is, turns out, not his best song, nor is it U2's, but one of the reasons that I know this song is because when U2 was doing the tour, uh, Songs of Innocence, I believe that's what it was called. That's what the album was called. If you remember Songs of Innocence, I believe people would remember it most as that album that everyone got on their iTunes suddenly and without any warning because U2 wanted to drop an album <laughs> for free into people's iTunes and uh, people were like, we didn't ask for this, U2. Why are you doing this? And U2 was like, yeah, sorry about that. Don't mind us. Also, if you want more albums, we got them. So everyone's kind of hated U2 for that, among other things that they hated U2. But when they were doing a tour of the Songs of Innocence, I went and saw that tour and B.B. King had died not too long before I went and saw that tour. So they tried to they tried to do a tribute to him by singing When Love Came to Town. And they were trying to do this experience where they were linking someone's cell phone to the giant screens that they had on set. Which didn't work out, shockingly enough. You know, Bluetooth devices are really hazy especially when you have a massive concert like U2's where you need a lot of like wireless transmission and stuff. So for the most part, when we were trying to listen to a song and Bono was singing to the person whose phone he was using, we saw a lot of her background. So that didn't really work out. I'm sure the intentions were really well, but that didn't work out too well. So anyway, that's how I know B.B. King. I have never heard live in Cook County Jail and what's interesting is that this is not the only B.B. King album. The one that keeps coming up in the list is Live at the Regal for number 299 in 2020 and number 141 in 2012, and also stays there for 2003. So looking forward to listening to Live at the Regal, but we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about another B.B. King album, that is also a concert. This album is really, is really interesting. This is the first kind of live concert version I've heard in a while. It also opens really interestingly. So you have, I don't know who the presenter is or what her role is. Either she works for the prison or she works for B.B. King, but she introduces the band and B.B. King and she, well, first she, <laughs> first she, welcomes Sheriff Woods and Judge Joseph Power and the audience to Cook County Jail. And it's just, it's so interesting because members of the audience just start, they first applaud the sheriff and the judge before they start loudly booing their presence. And, you know, in this climate right now where police presence and police brutality are very apparent, and we still have a lot of protesting right now in this country over the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. There was a little bit of catharsis hearing people who 
were probably imprisoned by these people getting booed and it being in memoriam and cemented in this B.B. King record. Like, that to me is just so funny and so fascinating. This album, since it's a concert, just kind of dives straight into the music after this introduction, and there's a great introduction for B.B. King. I highly recommend listening to the opening track, just so those who are unfamiliar with his work kind of get to know why he was a big deal. And then it dives into his walk-on music, which is just, it's so fun. It's such a great walk-on song before it dives into the first real song of the concert and of the album itself. And they just flow from one to another. The songs flow from one to another because it's a concert. So, like, there's not really, like, in some concert albums, you know, when a song ends, you get some applause, but you don't hear, like, the sustained applause throughout. So it feels kind of jarring when a song, like, supposedly ends and then the next one begins. But with this... It just feels like a full concert just flows so smoothly from one song to another. There's no real interruption in the applause. There's no real interruption in the music. And I think that's part of the beauty of the album and the musicians because it's a blues set. And so it's like, of course, we're trying to keep sustaining this feeling and this liveliness that we've created through the music. Um, and not really stopping to take a break. And I think it's awesome. I really wish that I was able to see this concert in person, or it really makes me want to actually look up uh, BB King concerts, because this man fucking rocks, dude. His guitar sings and is so electrifying, literally and figuratively, that it's just, it's so, honestly, it was just, it was so refreshing to hear him play this guitar and just like wailing on it and making that thing sing. Like it was almost as important as BB King himself. It was so beautiful. Anyway, like I'm sure he was a uh, God rest his soul, but oh man, I really wish I knew his music while he was still alive. Cause I'm sure seeing a concert of his like in person must have been incredible. Anyway, This album has a lot of things on it that has a lot going for it. So not only is it like like a concert that doesn't really interrupt, like B.B. King talks to everybody in the audience and there's a lot of like call and response moments that are really great. There's there's his life advice of ladies, don't hit your men and men, don't hit your ladies in the song Worry, Worry, Worry. It's a great call and response kind of thing, and like, he plays around with the audience and kind of teases them a little bit, but also it's like, hey, don't do domestic violence. That's that's all I'm saying. Also, another moment, another great song of his that's really funny. It's more the audience's reaction to the song itself rather than a call and response, like in Worry, 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 is how blue can you get? It has some really funny lyrics in it. And the audience loves it. They're eating it up. You could tell they're so in tune with it. And they're just, they're having a great fucking time with this concert. And like a lot of the lyrics in this song, like there's a progression to the audience's response. And it just it builds and builds and builds until the end. And it's just, it's so fun. Like that's what I mean about it. It's just like this concert just seems like so much fun. 
While there's like interludes and other things, B.B. King mentions he's recorded 300 single records and 32 to 33 LPs, to which I realize I don't have a full understanding of how records worked back then, and I don't know how the music industry worked, but that's a shit ton of music, so I guess I have a lot to listen to in the future. (laughs) This concert also is really interesting because not only is it showcasing a lot of, I wouldn't say old material, I'll put that in quotes, old material, but B.B. King talks to the audience for a little bit, and he talks about these two songs, Three O'Clock Blues and Darlin' You Know I Love You, and sort of lets the audience like go back down memory lane and just where he was in his career when he was working on these songs. Also, what's really great about that is that it helps other people, such as myself, who's not really listened to him, get to know who he was and get to hear his earlier works if you haven't heard them before and just see his progression with his newer materials like The Thrill is Gone, which the internet has told me is a classic of his. So it's really cool having this juxtaposition of his older songs and songs that maybe the people in the prison had been listening to and had heard on the radio or had gotten their records. And then having this song, The Thrill is Gone, immediately afterwards so that you almost come full circle with who B.B. King is. That's really special. That is That almost feels like lightning in a bottle, almost, in terms of, like, showcasing the best of an artist. Also, The Thrill is Gone is a really fun song, especially in this version, because they change up the tempo towards the end, and it kind of it kind of keeps you up on your toes. It's, it goes from fast to slow to fast again, and it's just, it's a fun fucking song. I can understand why it's a classic. The final song of the album is called Please Accept My Love, which picks up the pace for BB's exit at the end, and it makes a great way for the show to end and for the album to end. So, dear listeners, I've made a mistake. I think I need to stop listening to albums back-to-back, to back, <laughs> as I keep doing, because the trend right now is that the second album seems to be my favorite album. This happened last time with Funeral and Touch and Aquemini. There's something about live in Cook County Jail that's just like, ugh, I could say that this is a great fucking album. I definitely want to listen to this album again, and I really want to show this to other people, just because the history behind it and the culmination of B.B. King's artistry put together into one concert... I'm sure that Live at the Regal is a great album, and I look forward to listening to it when I get to 299. But this is a special album. But we're not done, because we have one more album. And that album is Born Under a Bad Sign by Albert King. It is also listed at number 491 in 2012. My relationship to Albert King and to Born Under a Bad Sign is this is my first time listening to anything by Albert King. Surprise! (laughs) I am unfamiliar with blues. I'm realizing that this is a very important part of my life that I really need to change. And I'm thankful that I'm doing it. Because Albert King and Born Under a Bad Sign is a good album. It's really interesting. There's a lot of lyrics from it that I'm taking away from it. 
and I'll get there when I get there. But born under a bad sign, I just imagine people at a sock hop for some reason. I don't think that is the correct time period. But I can imagine, like, you kind of partner dancing with your, with your sweetie or whoever, especially with Crosscut Saw. It is such a partner dancing song. I just really just wanted to, like, shimmy for some reason. Like, it's, it's so funky and so, and so fun. I don't know what kind of dance it reminds me of. Like, there's something to it that's just like, it's not just blues. I don't know what it is, but it's fun. This album also has the songs not flowing from one to another, so every single song is their own unique song, similar to Touch, which is okay, that's fine. The guitar riff in the song Hunter is very strong. It is a beast of a way of starting a song. Some lyrics that have stood out to me. I don't know what song this is off of, but the lyrics are, Oh, pretty woman. What you do to me. You keep on fooling around till I get stuck on you. So you just drop that mess and come off your throne. Stop using my poor heart as a stepping stone. Oof. There's a lot of songs about woman troubles and or finding a pretty woman and wanting to show her a good time. Which is very relatable, honestly. Another great lyric. In The Hunter, he talks about getting and buying a love gun. And this lyric of, When I pull the trigger, there will be no misses. And my first thought was, that could either be about targeting, um, intercourse, or there would be no misses, like there's no wife or there's no significant other around to stop him from chasing after this pretty woman. So that was a fun, interesting lyric to dissect for a second. And the final lyric that I wanted to bring up was, I don't want you to Get so clean, baby. You might just wash your life away. Wow. I can't really comprehend that lyric, but it sounds really deep. So I wanted to bring that to your attention, dear listener. So enjoy that maybe deep lyric with me. <laughs> I think the the weakest song on the album... Haven't had weak songs yet, but I think the weakest song on the album, if I had to re-listen to this, is I Almost Lost My Mind, which ends the song by fading out. Like, that song is over four minutes long, and I know for some people that might be long, but it didn't feel earned to be just fading out. I kind of wanted it to end on some note. I wanted to end it stronger, because it would be a stronger song if it wasn't for the ending. Maybe if there's other covers of I Almost Lost My Mind, maybe it doesn't end with a fade. The final song on the album is The Very Thought of You. And I just gotta say, like, this song is so sweet, it's so touching, and it feels like a nice way of ending an album. You know, some album, like, I praised Arcade Fire's funeral for ending on, like, a bang, and loud, and bombastic, but there was something just kind of, like, so sweet and so sentimental to end on the very thought of you, and just talking about the love for this woman or the sweetheart, or whoever. Overall, Born Under a Bad Sign is a fun album, but I think, dear listener, as you could probably tell, I would say that for today, in comparison to the other two albums I've talked about, it doesn't beat out 
B.B. King live in Cook County Jail. So for spot number 499, I have to give it to B.B. King. I guess I have to say goodbye to Rufus and Shaka Khan. I'm really surprised that Shaka Khan's really not on any more stuff. Maybe she shows up again for Prince, because Prince did, I feel for you. But either way, I look forward to hearing more B.B. King in the future. I really look forward to revisiting Born Under a Bad Sign when I get to 491. So thank you so much. And DJ, let's drop that track. Goat or Go is a podcast created and hosted by me, Wendy Kay. I also edit the podcast. Original artwork is by Paige A. Special thanks to the entire Rolling Stone magazine writing team. Without you, there wouldn't be this podcast. Follow the podcast on social media, Goat or Go Pod. If you want to support the show on Patreon, link is in the show notes. Thank you so much, music lovers. Keep on listening, and I'll see you next week.